Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer, based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson 17, Praying for Others, How to Pray for the Sick. Uh, we, for those of you who are joining us uh, after a while or for the first or second time, we didn't get to study last week. We did a little celebration for our girls in action, and that's important because we got to recognize them, and that's one of those things they don't forget uh, on through life that we applauded for them and cheered them on. But we have been studying prayer. Uh, a book that was written by Ronnie Floyd, who has been a pastor for... Uh, for many years and has also been in leadership of Southern Baptist Convention. So he's well known around convention circles. Uh, a fine man, great preacher, I've heard him. Uh, but a book on prayer and some of the sections of prayer that we need to consider in being effective prayers and how to pray well. And, uh, and, and uh, this is lesson number 17. We're getting close to the end of the track here. I think we're going to be about 20 lessons. But tonight we start a new heading, which is Praying for Others. And tonight's lesson under that heading is Praying for the Sick. Uh, and, of course, tonight, here we are. We have a whole list full of people who have had their challenges and are continuing to go through challenges. Some of us here uh, maybe unbeknownst to this group, are going through some particular health challenge. Uh, but Ronnie Floyd begins this chapter with a story about a pastor friend whose name was, is Matt Chandler. Uh, he was diagnosed, according to Ronnie Floyd, he was diagnosed in 2009 with aggressive brain cancer uh, and given a very short time to live. Uh, and... Matt Chandler, who was a pastor himself, said that he felt just punched in the gut uh, with such a diagnosis. It was, it was just all of a sudden, and it happened, and he got the diagnosis. And he kept praying and saying that God is good, and God will always do good in every situation. And we know that's true. Sometimes we don't understand how God is going to accomplish good, when we see the depth of the pain of a particular situation. But it is always true in the lives of believers that God will bring about good. Uh, and Matt Chandler said that this cancer had a huge redemptive lesson in it for him. Uh, in that somehow he knew that God could use his cancer to bring glory unto himself through Matt Chandler. Uh, and God blessed this young pastor. Uh, he'd been through many tests, treatments, but as of the last edit of the book, which was 2019, 10 years after his diagnosis, he was still the pastor of his church, still preaching the word uh, week by week. Uh, I, don't, I, I thought maybe I could uh, Google something, but nothing came up as far as his name goes. But uh, as of, he still is. Good. So he is still, still at his church. So here we are two years after that, that uh, he is still ministering. So God bringing glory to himself when someone has what the medical community would call a death sentence, yet God is in control. You know, doctors can take a, a good shot in the dark, but that's about all they got. 
when it comes to what God can do. Uh, but we know that there are people who are in hospitals and people who are under hospice care and people dealing with sickness, and they probably many of them wonder, why me? Uh, I, I remember when I was in the hospital, my sister sent me a message. Uh, interestingly, here, less than a year later, she would go through a very life-threatening thing herself with this liver transplant. But my sister sent me a message and said, don't ask why me, but rather why not me? Uh, God is going to take care of you, and God is going to get you through. And my sister was exactly right. God did indeed take care of me. But sometimes people will say, what did I do to bring this sickness upon myself? Is God somehow punishing me? And, of course, you know, that's a biblical theme that Jesus spoke to uh, about a young man born blind uh, when people were asking, what, what did this guy do or what did his ancestors or his family do that would bring this punishment of blindness upon him? Well, that, that, th- that line of thought still does exist. But we know that God can work in any situation. So here's, here's a basic question. If we're Christian and we profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and we are assured that God's hand of blessing and grace rests on us, why do Christians get sick? If God loves us so deeply, why aren't we spared of that? Well, Ronnie Floyd gives four reasons that believers get sick. Uh, so if you, if you take notes, this is a good spot to start that. Uh, the, the first, and I believe one of the primary reasons that believers get sick, is that all of us, believers and non-believers alike, live in a very imperfect, sinful world. We live in a fallen creation. Now, Adam and Eve were created in perfection. They were created never to get sick. They were created never to die. They were created to live eternally. I've said this before. A few of you here probably haven't heard this. One of the reasons that I believe that people like Methuselah, who lived 969 years, why did people live so long in those very early days of creation? I believe it's because their bodies were so strong because originally their their ancestors, which the ancestry line was very short in those days, they were, they were created to live eternally. And so their bodies had not lost so much of that strength of eternal life, and yet they were living in a sinful creation, and they were going to die, but they lived longer than we live today. Uh, but it's because the ancestry line had been, had, was so short at that particular time. But when Adam and Eve fell into sin... All of creation, including their, physically, their physical bodies, became corrupted. And from that moment of sin, the world has groaned and ached under the curse of sin. And that includes human sickness and suffering and pain. And even though we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we still live in this fallen creation. Praise God the day is going to come when we will not. We will be living in a perfect creation. But at this point, we are still in this fallen creation. And so, therefore, we too are prone to sickness and sometimes pain. And certainly, uh, short of the Lord Jesus' return, all of us are going to leave this earth in death. Jesus says, the rain falls on the just and the unjust in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. 
So Christians get sick just as frequently as unbelievers get sick because of the conditions under which we live. Uh, it's a product of this old, sinful, fallen world. So that's, I believe, the primary reason that we do get sick. All people get sick because we live in this fallen creation. The second reason that Ronnie Floyd gives for people getting sick is because people just make poor choices. Uh, he gives a couple of biblical examples of that. Uh, both of them are interesting in that one of them is a good to bad example and one of them is a, go a bad to good example. Uh, let me spell that out for you. Uh, we, you don't have to turn here, but in Second Chronicles chapter 26, there is the account of King Uzziah, who was king of Judah, and he was a good king. Uh, at the beginning of his kingship, he was a very good king uh, in Judah, but he made a very bad choice. Uh, so here's a godly man who made a bad choice. So let me read you some selected verses. This, if you want to take a note here, it's, it's 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Uh, let me read you verses 1 through 4. Uh, then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father Amaziah. He built, he built Elath and restored it to Judah. After that, the king slept with his fathers. 16 years old was Uzziah. When he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. So, so far, verses one through four, good guy. Uh, but he makes a primary mistake. Here's verses, uh, his verses eight and sixteen. Uh, and the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah. His name spread abroad even to the entering of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. Now listen to verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Uh, then verse 19 then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priests, a leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in the forehead. Okay, so a disease struck him. And it struck him because he turned away from God. Here's this great king doing great things, reigning decades in Judah, in the central city of Jerusalem. But when it says here that he burned incense, what that means is he not only was king, he also made a decision, I'm going to be a priest. So I'm going to split my talents and my energy, and I'm going to not only serve as king, but it is my decision to push aside the priests at the altar and become a priest myself, burning incense to God. And God allowed a disease to attack uh, this king, Uzziah, because he walked away from what God wanted him to do and be. Uh, it is interesting that uh, while he was serving the Lord well, the Lord blessed him mightily. 
But it says in verse 21, And Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death. So he was given this disease, allowed this disease to be attacking his body because he walked away from God. Ronnie Floyd says that that principle is still in effect. That God will slow us down if we are on a godly path and turn away. Just as Uzziah did, God reserves the right to slow us down. Uh, again, I do believe what Jesus says in that uh, if, if, uh, if we are truly in his hand in, in salvation, nothing can take us out of the hand of salvation of God. Nothing can take us from our salvation. Uh, not a force of heaven, not a force of hell, uh, and not a force of man can take us out of the Lord's hand of salvation and grace and blessing. But we can be, we can be slowed down uh, in this earthly life as God allows that to happen. Okay, so there's a good to bad. Here's a good king that turned out with, with leprosy uh, because he walked away from God. Now, here's a bad to good. If you, if you were in the Daniel study with me a few years ago, you remember good old King Nebuchadnezzar. He was one of the most evil men who ever walked the face of this earth uh, as he ruled Babylon and, of course, all the exiles of Israel, including Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and all the, all the exiles that came through uh, Babylon. Uh, and we see Nebuchadnezzar's reign and how cruel it was and how he demanded to be recognized as God himself. But God smote him. Daniel chapter 4, uh, he is filled with pride for himself. He was filled with a pride that was against God, lifting himself above God. And I want you to listen to what God did in bringing him down. Daniel 4, verses 33 and 34. Verse 33 says, the same hour, this is now in his height of pride against God. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers and his nails like birds' claws. So God drove him out, and he lived in nature uh, and he must have been quite a sight uh, to see this wild man uh, who looked like an animal, actually, uh, because of punishment from God. But then, uh, then, then it changes. Listen to verse 34. That's verse 33 I just read. Listen to verse 34. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into heaven... And mine understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. So in the midst of this awful punishment, Nebuchadnezzar's mind returns. He lifts his eyes to heaven and gives God the praise and the honor and the glory. Uh, and at the, at, the, at the end of chapter 4, that's the last time we hear of Nebuchadnezzar in, in the book of Daniel, uh, which that's, that account is in chapter 4. But the interesting thing about it is here's a man who was one of the most evil men who ever walked the face of the earth, uh, probably responsible for the murder of many, many people, 
in his own nation as well as other nations. And yet, at the end of his life, he turns his eyes to God and gives God the honor and the praise and the glory. And I remember from my Daniel series saying to the congregation, I believe that he died a saved man. As evil as he was, he finally came to the truth. Uh, so from bad to good. That's a, I mean, you know, Nebuchadnezzar looked in that furnace, in the fiery furnace, and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we, didn't you guys throw in three? I think I see four. And the fourth one is like the Son of God. What an amazing thing. But uh, God turned Nebuchadnezzar around to, to be godly, to be saved, I believe. Uh, so God can use our sicknesses to, to slow us down, to, to help us to look inward and see where we've gotten off track. But he also can use our sicknesses and our healings to give him honor and glory. For the God that he is and how good he is to us. We can make poor choices of pride. Uh, we can make poor choices of lifestyle. I will say Ronnie Floyd writes, we can make poor choices of diet, <laughs> which will affect our health. Uh, I want to I make sure that somebody else said that, gets the credit for that. Uh, but absolutely, you know, our lifestyle choices can bring sickness upon us. Uh, so we, we, we have to realize that, that our life has to be given to the Lord in all things. Uh, and when we have a problem, a physical problem, we need to ask the Lord for healing, and we need to ask the Lord for what, what can I learn through this? What, what can I learn as I go through and deal with this illness, this sickness? Uh, what, what can I glean from every day as I deal with this and how you love me and how you will minister to me within this sickness? Well, a third reason Ronnie Floyd says we get sick is it's just simply an outward attack of Satan himself. It's a dart of temptation. It's a dart of punishment uh, from Satan himself because he is absolutely intent on our destruction. Uh, and, of course, you know if you go back to the what I believe and most scholars believe is the oldest book of the Bible, which is the book of Job. Uh, when we go back to the, to the Old Testament book of Job, God allowed Satan a certain point at which he could uh, tempt Job with illness and stress and pain uh, in the loss of his family, the loss of his home and his herds, and then ultimately the, the, the loss of his health. But there was one thing that God says you cannot do. What was it? Kill him. You can't kill him. So God still set the parameters. He allowed Satan a certain uh, freedom, but God set the stopping point. And the stopping point was you could not take Job's life. Uh, we need to keep our eyes and our hearts and our desire on, on the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Well, let me ask you this. Why would God... Here's a discussion question. Now, I'm, this is where I'm expecting you to hopefully give me a little of your insight here. Why would God allow, as God loves us so much, why would he allow Satan to influence our lives? All right? To bring us closer to him. <clears throat> right. You know... I, I love the response of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because you remember right before they threw him in, uh, they said, oh, by the way, before we go in, let's just remind you 
that if God decides to spare us, he will. If God decides it's better for us to perish, when you dig our ashes out, you remember we didn't bow down to you. Don't you forget that. And he refines us. You know, we, we have to learn how to stand against Satan. You know, there, there's, there is an art to standing against Satan and his temptations and his darts. You know, we don't live our life like this. We live our life in the strength of Jesus Christ. Now, it is through him and him alone. We don't take Satan on by ourselves or any demon by ourselves. Remember, in the Bible, demons beat up people who, who try to take on uh, the demonic force in their own power. But we can stand up to Satan because Jesus Christ is our Savior. He's the strength, not us. But sometimes God will allow, I believe God will allow Satan some access so it will teach us to draw closer to the strength we have through Jesus. Does that make sense? He, he allows us uh, to be tested so that our strength uh, and our, our grip upon the Savior is stronger. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the fourth reason that we get sick and Pastor Clyde uh, gave us the scripture in, in uh, John 9 uh, the fourth reason is so God can demonstrate his glory through us uh, so God allows it to happen uh, God is in control of all things if he would, if he would say you're going to have perfect health you'll have perfect health if, if there's some sickness that comes upon you or me God can use it to his glory now, uh, my example that I go to over and over again is Derek Hartless. For those of you who didn't know Derek Hartless, he was an amazing member of this congregation. He is now with the Lord. Uh, he passed away last year about uh, September uh, or early October, somewhere in there. Uh, but Derek Hartless was a great man. I've never known a man who has been through more sickness and trial and pain than Derek Hartless. He had heart disease, he had cancer, he had all the raging effects of diabetes. I mean, he just had all kinds of stuff going on. But here's what Derek told me, and he told me more than one time. He said, I am thankful for my sickness because it changed my life. God gave me ministry through my sickness. Uh, he told me, uh, Derek, if he didn't know Derek, he was, he was a talker. You meet, him, you meet him in the store, just go on and set stuff down and get ready for a half hour because that was just Derek Hartless. But he told me, uh, God gave me the boldness to have conversations with people. He said, I used to be so shy I would not answer the telephone at my house when it rang. I didn't want to talk to anybody. But he saw his multiple diseases as bringing him to the point of wanting to minister to others. And, and he, was a, he was a witnesser. Uh, he, was, he would pray with people, especially toward the last days of his life. Uh, as he went to visit people, he loved to sing to them. Uh, he would stop at a nurse's station in the hospital and say, I'm going to sing you a song. He was, he was just an amazing guy because it seemed like the, the sicker he got and this time went on, he got bolder and bolder, even with strangers. It, it, was, it was quite amazing to watch his life. Derek, so, I, I think we need to draw it down because I want us to have some time to pray tonight. I, I thought I was going to make it through the whole lesson, but uh, we'll pick up. <laughs> it's not unusual if you're visiting tonight. <laughs> it's not unusual we don't, fi we don't finish, but 
I think right now we've gotten a good focus in that God does allow sickness. Uh, God does allow pain. But it's to bring him glory and it's to show his children how much he loves us because he will never leave our side and he will always bring something good about in us through the journey that he allows us to travel. That is just part of who God is and the way that he loves us. Uh, you know, uh, if you're a parent, uh, some of your parents have little ones, but as those little ones grow, you find out that you have to give them enough rope sometimes, that they have to make their own decision, and sometimes the decision ain't very good. Uh, but the, but it's, it's part of a learning process. Uh, God allows us the learning process, uh, and He is the all-wise and all-knowing parent. So tonight, uh, all that is to say we need to pray for our sick, and we need to pray for God's blessing and healing uh, and, and his guidance upon those who are going through struggles. Probably, if, if, if all of us were honest, there's some struggle in our life, maybe not a physical sickness, but there's some struggle that God is using right now in your life and in my life to show us his glory and to show us his path. Just know it's for our good, and he loves us. He's never cruel to us. He loves us. So, so let's get started in prayer. And I'll, I'll start us out. But uh, the floor is open until Pastor Clyde breaks in with, uh, with his final prayer tonight. So uh, in a moment, if you'd like to lead us in prayer, please, please do. It doesn't have to be long or fancy. Just, just lead us. But let's pray together. Lord God, tonight, thank you that you do indeed love us so deeply, so much, that we cannot even begin to comprehend it. Lord, uh, it's, how do we comprehend a God who loves us so much that he would lay himself down? that our God would die himself rather than to see his children die. Father, thank you for a God of love that is so deep and so strong and so true and so faithful and so eternal. And so, Father, we know because of that kind of love that would bring you to lay down your own life for us, we know, Father, that you're always going to be good to us. Sometimes you allow us to walk a path of pain, and, and humanly, I don't think we can honestly say we understand it all and yet tonight father i pray that we will understand that you that you love us and have something that you want to teach us in some way that you want us to hold a little more tightly to your robes and somehow that you want us to depend on you more than we have there's something to learn lord there's an appreciation of every day that needs to be deeper because you walk with us and so, Father, thank you that you allow all things to happen in our lives so that we might draw closer to you and so that we might experience your love in a deeper way day by day. Lord, I thank you for prayer, and I thank you, Lord, that we lift up the sick. Uh, we know, Father, that you honor prayer and that you answer every prayer. Tonight, uh, we have a long prayer list, and I know Pastor Clyde is going to cover that. But, Father, I pray that you will bless us as we lift up those who have been mentioned as well as probably some who reside in our hearts that we did not put on this list tonight. But thank you that you hear every concern spoken and unspoken, Father, and that you will answer our prayers for the sick. Lord, as, as your people, we know that you call us to lift up those who need healing. Jesus' major part of his ministry was reaching out to those who were suffering, those who were hurting emotional pain and physical pain and, and spiritual pain. And so, Father, we know we live in a fallen world. 
We know that we are surrounded by people who hurt. And the greatest hurt and the greatest need of healing of all is separation from you and lostness and sin. And so, Father, as we pray for the sick to be physically healed, we also pray for those who are lost to be found. And to find the greatest news in all the world to be their own, that Jesus died on a cross and rose from a grave and is God Almighty who loves us and who saves us and promises us eternal life. Father, I pray that you will help us to reach in a special way to reach those sick people. We pray for them tonight. We pray that you will lead us as believers across their paths tomorrow and in days to come that we might be a witness for you, that we might show them your glory and your blessing, Lord, just because you live in us. It's not a pride thing. We're not patting ourselves on the back. We simply want to point to you. And we want to thank you for the life that you've given us, Lord, and that it would touch someone else. So, Father, tonight, thank you for loving us and for promising that you will always bring good about. We remember Romans 8, 28, that you will bring good about in your children's lives uh, as we surrender to you. Lord, we love you. We trust you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.